Hello, one and all. Welcome to Alternate Jersey, the podcast that reimagines your favorite sport moments to find out what could have happened. I'm your host and black hole escapee, Grant Evan. We are a mere 13 days away from the NFL Draft. The draft has brought so many great what-ifs and possible scenarios that I could probably dedicate this entire show to just being NFL Draft episodes. But I won't. For today's adventure, we're going to 2015, when two hotshot, surefire franchise quarterbacks were selected one after the other. Florida State's Jameis Winston and Oregon's Marcus Mariota. The Buccaneers and Titans would take these two stars, respectively, in the hopes that they had finally landed a franchise quarterback to lead them to Super Bowl, or at least playoff glory. And with the exception of one really badass Mariota touchdown pass to himself, neither have ended up being the case. At least not yet. Jameis was a cinch at the number one pick, but for a few months leading up to the draft, the fate of Marcus Mariota remained a little hazy. The Titans were picking at two and really needed a quarterback, but one rumor held firm. Mariota's former Oregon coach wanted to get his golden boy back. See, at the time, Chip Kelly, the former mastermind of the Oregon Ducks, had been hired to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. This is prime Chip Kelly's wild ride season, getting DeMarco Murray on the team, jettisoning the likes of LaShawn McCoy to Buffalo, but the Chipster had one more trick he desperately wanted to pull off, drafting Mariota and getting his special flavor of West Coast offense back. Problem was, the Eagles had the 20th pick, so jumping all the way to the second pick to grab him seemed impossible. We eventually learned that it was. The Eagles made some kind of insane offer for him, the Titans said no, and the rest is history. But what if the Titans said yes to the trade? Let me just start off by telling you what exactly the Eagles offered the Titans. They offered, and I quote, their 2015 first and second round picks, their 2016 first round pick, any quarterback on the Eagles roster, and any defensive player on the Eagles roster. It's worth noting that it's been speculated that the any one defensive player line was potentially not limited to just one player, but any player. There exists some potential to take multiple defensive pieces. As an aside, let me speak directly to the Tennessee Titans on the off chance that somebody from that staff listens to the show. Dude, what the hell? What in the actual holy hell? You could have robbed Philly blind. BLIND, I tell you! Good God, I hope you lie awake at night knowing you passed down the opportunity to build something special for years in exchange for Marcus Mariota! Anyway... We don't know for sure which defensive pieces the Titans would have grabbed because they outright said no to this offer, but the quarterback question is a little easier. Their choices are between Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez. If it's 2014 and you're looking to rebuild a franchise, I doubt you build it around Mark freaking Sanchez, so we'll assume the quarterback portion of this trade involves Nick Foles. This also means that Kelly never sends Nick Foles out to St. Louis in order to get Sam Bradford. More on that later. Now, if I'm the Titans and I have a real opportunity to take any defensive player I want, it's a pretty easy choice from that Eagles defense. The counteroffer we'll be proposing is taking defensive tackle Fletcher Cox and outside linebacker Connor Barwin in addition to Nick Foles, two firsts, and a second. That's a draft haul. The Eagles move up to number two and draft Marcus Mariota. 
The Titans are now down at the 20th pick and at the very least have an answer at quarterback and a beefed up defense. Basing this pick off the Titans actual draft, we'll assume that Tennessee goes with wide receiver Philip Dorsett. And since I promised, Sam Bradford stays on the Rams for this season. The 2015 season makes the Titans realize they may have been a tad swindled in this whole Foles trade thing. Foles' 2015 was an utter disaster in St. Louis. 4-7 record, 7 touchdowns against 10 picks, sub-200 yards per game average, and was eventually benched for not quite a Vikings legend Case Keenum. We can't imagine it going much better on a far worse Titans team. We're going to give Tennessee a 1-15 record here. They'll still beat Tampa Bay in Week 1, but that overtime win against New Orleans and the nail-biter against Jacksonville are distant memories for this squad. Mariota, on the other hand, had 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, while also having to miss four games due to injury. The Titans went 3-13, but it was mostly not Mariota's fault. Let us also remember that Marcus is now in a system that utilizes his skill set a little better. Mariota was a mobile West Coast quarterback at Oregon, and now he keeps up that playstyle in Philly under the coach who taught it to him. So it's not too much of a learning curve. Mariota had pretty comparable stats to real-world Eagle starter Sam Bradford. Both threw for 19 touchdowns, both missed time due to injury, but Mariota threw four fewer picks. We'll assume he stays healthy for the year, does well in the system, and keeps the Eagles at 7-9, but like a respectable 7-9. Now we get into 2016, where Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are the bells of the ball. The Titans still have the number one pick, but after a disastrous season out of Nick Foles, are looking for much greener pastures. They also have two first-round picks thanks to their trade of Philly. At number two, you have the Browns. In our world, as we've discussed before, the Rams and Eagles both ended up trading into the one and two spots, respectively, and landing their now-franchise guys. But now Tennessee is desperate for a new quarterback, and the Eagles aren't about to make a blockbuster offer to Cleveland because they've got their guy. So Jared Goff goes to the Titans, and Carson Wentz goes to the Browns. But we're not done yet. The Titans still have the 13th pick thanks to their trade with the Eagles, which they use to get some offensive line help. It's probably Jack Conklin again, since the Dolphins were all in on getting Tunsil, so that doesn't change even at pick 8. The Rams are kind of still saddled with Sam Bradford since he's still technically under contract and was in total garbage in 2015, so they decide to forego drafting a quarterback in the first round in favor of taking would-be Brown Corey Coleman. Now, of course, during this offseason, the Vikings lost Teddy Bridgewater to a terrible ACL injury and had to act fast to get themselves a serviceable replacement if they were to get their trending upward team a decent shot at the playoffs. Rams aren't going to move on from Bradford without a solid backup plan, so the Vikings decided to grab themselves a free agent with some decent experience, Nick Foles. Goff is thrown immediately into the fire in Tennessee, and it's going to cost them that 9-7 record they put together. Foles is another rough year in 2016, so the Vikings aren't going to look competitive quite yet here either. The Eagles, though, have some magic to make happen. Mariota has kept Chip Kelly in a job, and the system they've built has totally changed the narrative on the Eagles' previous insanity. The reincarnated Oregon Ducks net an extra four wins, putting the Eagles at an 11-5 record while knocking the Giants down to a 10-6 record, and stealing the fifth seed while bumping the Lions completely out of the playoffs. 
pretty easy playoff picture here. It's still going to wind up as Falcons versus Patriots, and then we make some kind of 28-3 joke and we move on into 2017. We've got to scramble a few things here. Nick Foles doesn't do the Vikings many favors besides a slightly higher draft pick and slot number 10. Wentz's Browns are definitely not in a position for the number one pick. That honor now has to go to the Bears. They use it to draft Mitch Trubisky. It continues to not make sense. The question for Minnesota sands a promising Sam Bradford and a very broken Teddy Bridgewater and one more year on this Nick Foles deal is this. Do you draft a quarterback in the first round or do you hope Foles can bridge the gap one more year until Teddy is ready to come back? It's hard to say. There's no real evidence of Minnesota looking into a QB in this draft due to A, not having a first-round pick, and B, actually getting some good play out of Bradford. But since we've had some fun with some speculatory trades here, why don't we have a little more fun? The Vikings officially move on from Teddy No Knees by drafting rocket-armed Patrick Mahomes before the Chiefs could trade up for him. Foles remains a starter while Mahomes cooks for a little while, but then what of the Chiefs? The Chiefs still need to trade up in the draft, which they do with Buffalo, who is sitting at pick 11, but now they're going to beat out Houston to take Deshaun Watson. Houston now has to make some kind of desperation move, so they wait patiently until pick 25 to take potentially promising Notre Dame quarterback Deshaun Kaiser. Bridgewater, in this scenario, just gets sent to the Jets a little early, and the Vikings are the third for him. 2017 is a great year for Wentz's Browns. As we've mentioned before, they net a wild card and push Goff's Titans out of the playoff picture entirely. Much to the dismay of Patrick Mahomes, this is Nick Foles' comeback year. Getting to throw to the likes of Diggs and Thielen absolutely keeps his Philly stats intact in the purple and gold, so the Vikings still net their promising 13-3 record. Mariota's 2017 for the Eagles, though, is not nearly as promising. They don't get their 13-3 record, which bumps the Vikes up to the number one seed. We'll skip a few formalities here. The Vikings host the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And by host, I literally mean host, as they become the first team to have home field advantage in the big game. And Big Dick Nick pulls off the improbable career comeback move and gets the Vikes their first Super Bowl win. The 2018 draft has Baker Mayfield going first overall to New York, Saquon Barkley going second overall to the other New York to be the run support behind shiny new, fully healed quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. With Darnold no longer being the guy, the Jets decline the Saints' trade offers for Bridgewater, which means the draft shakes out a little bit like this. Darnold now goes to the Cardinals after they trade of Oakland to get him. Rosen is taken at 16 by the Ravens before anybody else can take a stab at him, and Jackson becomes the new starter for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, the Rams! Remember how they don't have Goff and haven't been in a decent enough position to make any waves in the draft? After some failed Bradford and free agent experiments and canning Jeff Fisher once and for all, the Rams finally decide to take a QB in the first and grab the mobile Louisville kid. This also means the Rams aren't going to the Super Bowl. While the Browns and Titans do see improvement, the AFC is still firmly in the clutches of the Patriots, so we'll call that an easy one. Foles continues to play well in Minnesota after getting himself one more prove-it deal to make sure the Super Bowl run wasn't a fluke, 
but it's the Mariota-led Eagles who wind up looking promising in a shaky NFC. Mariota and Kelly take the three seed by blowing past the Cowboys, while the NFC West gets won by Seattle now that all the real competition in that division is non-existent. So, our playoff picture to solve, who's going to face the Patriots this year, goes as follows. Number one, the New Orleans Saints. Number two, the Chicago Bears. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number four, the Seattle Seahawks. Number five, the Dallas Cowboys. And number six, the Minnesota Vikings. Foles' potential magic runs short against a great game from the Eagles, while the Cowboys still upset Seattle. This sends the Eagles back into Chicago with no foals, but with an arguably better answer at quarterback. Eagles win that contest while the Saints ditch Dallas. This sends Kelly's version of the Eagles to the NFC Championship in the Superdome against the Saints, and New Orleans blasts the Eagles. No comeback, no P.I., no loss. Breeze is back in the Super Bowl. After running our simulations and given the general performance of the Pats in the big game, we can safely say that Breeze cements his legacy and walks away with his second Lombardi, handing the Patriots their second loss in as many years, meaning Brady only has five rings. What a shame. The Eagles, while they would have given up a metric shit ton to pull it off, would arguably be in a better long-term situation with Mariota at the wheel. The Browns could be relevant sooner, the Patriots could lose more Super Bowls, Nick Voles is still a hero, and the Titans still look about the same. Sometimes these big trades seem like a major loss, but can lead to something great. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what could have happened if the Titans accepted the Eagles trade offer in 2015. How do you feel? Do you agree? Disagree? Feel free to let me know. Share this episode and get your friends in on the conversation. You can shout me out or call me out on Twitter at GrantEvanAJ. Tune in next time for another jersey and another story.